Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Mark chapter 2. Anybody that got nervous when Brother Faulkner carried this stretcher up here at the beginning, I watched a few people's heads turn. Don't worry, he did that for me. He brought it up here. I thought some people might be thinking, man, I wonder if the worship team's really going to go after it today. He's concerned. He said, no, just take that up there. Just carry it right down the middle and just put it up there, and uh, we'll confuse people. Mark chapter 2, as soon as we get into the text, you understand why. We're going to read a very familiar narrative here uh, that's, uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's pretty interesting what happens here. He, again, Jesus entered to Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. When you get Jesus in your house, people hear about it. Straightway, many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. Everybody say, the house was full. They were way beyond social restrictions. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. He was preaching in a house full of people. And any preacher will tell you it's fun to preach in a full house. And they come unto him. Bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four, or that means he was carried by four people. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. They broke it up. And they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Okay? We'll stop there for the sake of your time. Uh, we'll, we'll work our way down through 12 verses and maybe back one or two uh, in our text. But I want to preach to you, there's always room for good friends. There's always, there's always room for good friends. Now, if I was trying to uh, put this in the theme of our month and our gift uh, sticking a little bit with Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings, I would tell you I'm really preaching about the gift of good friends. The gift, and sometimes just friends, <laughs> but the gift of friendship. But there's always room for good friends, okay? You'll find them room or they'll find room. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. I thank you for what we feel in this house. I thank you for these great people that have taken time to be at Calvary today. I pray that here at Calvary Tabernacle, you'd help us to get to Calvary personally, that we would have an experience with your cross that we would have an experience with your presence. I pray that you would be uh, just, just moving on us in a way that's very real and very personable. I pray that we would open our hearts and our minds. We can't have anything good happen without a dynamic touch of the Holy Ghost. But if you'll help us today, men and women all over this room will come to know you more and we will experience the true power of God. I pray you'd help us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and let everybody shout amen. Before you're seated, find a couple people and, and smile through your mask and tell them, hey, there's room for good friends. There's room 
Give somebody the chicken elbow and tell them, there's room. There's room. If they're sitting too close, say, give me some room. <laughs> you may be seated. The year was 2012. Pastor Gallion, he became an overnight success. He was not famous, but decided he wanted to be famous. His name, Brett Cohen. He went out and he hired some big bodyguards. Some big dudes. He hired some photographers to follow him around New York City. Walked out of an important building right there in the Times Square area with these photographers following him and these big bodyguards next to him. And he got a couple of people to start dropping hints that he was a movie star. And before long, the crowds were gathered around him. Humorous videos are taken where teenagers are asked of this non-famous but yet immediately famous individual, what is your favorite movie he's in? He had been in no movies, but several had gotten the lie that had been dropped in and circulated. Very proudly, they said, my favorite was Spider-Man. Girls were posing for pictures with him. Moms were walking up and putting their arms around him. Police officers were getting photos. If I was him, that one would have made me nervous. He wasn't really doing anything wrong. All he was doing was taking a hired entourage along with him to make him look the part. And how many know that people can be easily deceived? And they were. Three turned into ten. Ten turned into twenty. By the time that the night grew on, there was an entire mass of people trying to fight through the crowd to get to a guy who knew one, no one hardly knew a day before. He was a pretender. He became the most famous, not famous person in about a decade. Ladies and gentlemen, I need to say something this morning. Jesus was not a pretender. Jesus did not come seeking fame. Fame found him. I need you to back up just one one scripture into the, into the ending verse in Mark chapter 1 so that we can see the context here. We have to see and understand the context of Christ's fame at this particular juncture. It's in Mark 1 that we read about demons being cast out. To some of us that's spooky, to some of us that's really cool. <laughs> There's been demons that are cast out. They're bringing him all those kind of people. There's been fevers healed. Brother Lopez, I don't know, maybe some asthma went away. 
Because the Bible says there were diverse kinds of diseases that were healed. One of them was leprosy. We don't talk much about leprosy anymore, but leprosy still exists. And so it leads to the final verse in Mark chapter 1 where it says these words, Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places. And still, watch this, Brother Ross, they came to him from every quarter. Why? Because he could heal them. (laughs) Imagine the group of people. If you knew where you could get your answer immediately, wouldn't you go? Some of you remember what it was like when you first came in contact with an ATM. No, no more lines at the bank. No more driving through and talking to the person that, no, just go up. Some of you were very paranoid when you first started using it. But it was immediate access. For these people, in this situation, Jesus was the answer. He was the answer for their healing. And so he drew a big crowd. Everybody say a big crowd. Everybody wanted to get close to Jesus. And I got to tell you something. I don't blame them. Kids got a cough? Go to Jesus. Oh, you got a headache? Go to Jesus. She can't get up? She needs Jesus. (laughs) Jesus was the answer, not the last resort. We might need a baptism of that. Jesus is the answer. Now let me, let me say this. He is still a healer. He is. He is still a deliverer. I've said this before, but I want us to be reminded in Mark chapter 1. We're reminded here, Brother Watkins, in the same chapter, in other places in, in the Gospels, it's within, it's within the same verse. He's casting out demons and he's healing diseases because in the economy of Christ, there are people who are bound and there are people who are free. He was not a pretender. He was not a pretender. That's why I don't want to be a pretend church. Is that a, I don't want to be a pretend church. I don't want to shout and work myself into a lather up here, preach and give everything I got and hope that somehow we can get the kind of light show to make up for lack of power. Maybe we can get enough fog to replace glory. Maybe if we sing real good, nobody will know we don't have anointing. I don't want that. I don't serve a pretend God and I don't want to be a pretend church. But I believe if we really have the power of God on display, people will be drawn. People will come. Why? Go there, you can find real repentance. Go there, you can be baptized. You'll never feel the same. Go there, you'll be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Whoa. That's the kind of church I want to be. Turn to your neighbor, nudge them, tell them I'd kind of like to go to that church. 
I'd kind of like to go to that church. Well, guess what? Welcome. It's what we're trying to be. It's what we're trying to be. Jesus, show up. When we sing our songs, we say, Jesus, show up. We're trying to invite his presence here. So if you're a visitor that walked in here with a need, guess what? I got good news for you. He's here. Let, let me, let's just do a look across this room. Let me ask you a question right now. So if he never did another thing for you, would he still be worthy of your praise? This might be a month where we just give him the gift of our praise. And we just thank him for what he has done. How many know that typically in a spirit of thanksgiving, you end up getting new things? Is it about the box than the gift? When they're real young, go to Dollar Tree. Get them a big box. Because the boxes are going to win. They will. It's not that you're a bad gift giver. Boxes are just cool. And so he has entered here in Mark chapter 2 into Capernaum. And he comes into the house. They know he's here. He's got a mob following him. People want to be near him today. I know it. I, I want you to say noised abroad. Noised abroad. What's that mean? Somebody give me that in common English. Yeah. They were like, ah. Where are you guys going? Oh, Jesus. He's preaching. And there was enough fame. You know what fame is, right? Fame is reputation. They knew of him. Not Brett, not fake, real. I got a cousin, couldn't see. Now he can see me. Told me he had no idea I was this ugly. <laughs> real miracles. Ears open, eyes open, fever's gone. Demon. Imagine the person who had a family member full of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all ain't. <laughs> but imagine that person gets a demon cast out and they're normal. Don't you think they're telling people? When you really believe in his power, will. You will not be embarrassed or intimidated. You know why? Because it's not about you. It's not about your power. It's about him. So it's noised abroad and they fill the house. They pack the house. There's a guy. It's a real need. It's a real situation. He cannot walk. Sick of the palsy. He cannot. Has no ability. Okay? He could possibly talk his way through, but he could not walk his way through. And so we got four friends that show up. Brother Mass, come help me. I had him get some guys. I, come, come help me. I don't know who we're picking up, but we're about to get after it. Here you go, gents. Who's getting on it? You? Oh, praise God. Sorry, Carver. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Sorry. 
Strap him in. Okay. Now, guys, just stand here. All right. He's probably got it coming. Let me, he's going to need to grow a little bit. Let me help you. Lift your arms here. Let me help these kids here. See there, boys? Guys, let me, let me use you. Let me talk to you while I'm talking to them. I'm really talking to them, but I'm going to make it like I'm talking to you, okay? I need friends in my life who refuse to let me stay in my condition. They'll help me get there. Mm -hmm. Some of you guys play sports. I think you like football. You like basketball. Here's the deal. It's a team thing. You're not looking for individual stats. They're not bad at the end of the game. But if you got great stats and the team loses by plastic, you lost by 40 points. Okay? Because if the team loses, amen? And so they got, they got four friends. He can't walk, can't get his way can't get his way to Jesus. So four friends, they come and they, they get around him. Okay, guys, now here you go. I'll tell you something here. Hayden, I want, you to, I want you to just lift your side. Just lift yours real strong. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Put it back down. <laughs> okay, straighten him back out. Straighten him back. Why can't you do that? Because they're not helping me. If he tries to be the friend that has to be the hero and show how strong he is, it puts the process of healing off balance. It's about getting you to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he heavy? Good, because you're just getting started. Holding other people up is heavy. But almost everybody in this room is the result of somebody that took time to hold us up. Yes, it's been the grace of God, but it's been people along the way. How many know somebody prayed you into the church? How many know, how many know that when you were on your set, you were, you, maybe you were never physically in this condition, but you were spiritual. You couldn't pick yourself up. When you didn't have the energy to pray, somebody was praying for you. How many know that's the way it works? When I didn't have the strength to get... Thank God people prayed for me. And so, and so, guys, come on, start walking this way. Watch this. You're going to see this. I don't know if you caught it. It took them about 10, took them about 10 steps. It was very wobbly. But after about 10 steps, they got in sync. The more you carry people, the more comfortable you'll get with it. If you're always the one being carried, at some point you got to carry somebody else too. Okay? But watch this. Now they get to the house. Imagine getting, is he getting heavy yet? Is he, is he a little bit heavy? Yeah, like, let me feel. No, you got time. You're good. You're not shaking yet. Carry him all the way to the house, Brother Faulkner. And then they're having such good church, he can't get in. Now, you know that I want to just preach on that right there. They get him to the house, and they're so busy having Jesus. That the guy who cannot get there on his own. 
can't get in. This is a church for people who can get themselves here. I got news for you. This is a church for broken people. The only reason anybody in here looks the part is because he picked us up and he turned us around and he put us on. Even if you were raised in the church, you wouldn't be here without the body and without the grace and the goodness and the mercy of God. Somebody ought to shout amen. Yeah. Is he getting heavy yet? A little bit? Be honest. Is he getting a little heavy? I'm hoping he gets a little heavy. If not, I'm going to sit on there. Say that again. Say it one more time in the mic. We just keep switching hands and we're good. Because I'd rather, I'd rather switch hands than give up on my friend. Do you know you're going to preach today? I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather take a little aggravation and them not be lost. I'd rather endure a little sweat. I'd, I, know I, I know you came dressed up looking nice, looking sharp. But when it comes down to it, either I can look good or they can be saved. And sometimes i got to make a choice. i, I got to determine. And I just, so I'll just switch my grip for a minute. And I, I'll just switch up. And every now and then i Come on, it's not about any one of us. It's about all of us. It's, it's about working together. And make, it's the gift of friendship. It's the gift of saying, when you can't carry yourself, I will help carry you to Jesus. Because ladies and gentlemen, we need everybody to get to Him. Yes. Praise God. They get to the house. Don't worry, you get to set him down soon. Get to the house, they can't get in. Everybody say, can't get in. Can't get in, no, 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 no. So what do they do? Who started that? Tim, I got, a, I got an idea. Really? It was your idea to carry him, so what's your... I say we, I say we go up and go through the roof. Imagine being the owner of the house that was all excited about having Jesus over. <laughs> yeah, make sure the silverware is just right. Make sure. And they're all having good church, not knowing that a miracle's on the way. Imagine the owner of the house, just so happy looking around. Everybody's going to talk about this. Everybody's going to talk about Jesus came to my house. He could have went anywhere. Came to my house. And then all of a sudden. Are there reindeer on the <laughs> Imagine being the owner of the house when stubble and clay, straw, straw. Imagine Jesus speaking and the destruction of the roof becoming louder than his articulating. All eyes start looking heavenward. All of a sudden, a little, little hulk. Now all of a sudden, everybody starts getting focused. Imagine sunlight coming through. Hey, 
Now you're caught in this place. Is it disruptive because Jesus is talking or is it disruptive because that's my roof? <laughs> Can I tell you something? Miracles are messy. And often, often, if you're going to have somebody get a miracle close to you, it's going to cost you something close to you. Tired? I see a little sweat now. I'm getting excited. Never going to want to help me again. Come here, guys. Bring him here and lay him here. Finally. Somebody say amen. Come on, come on down. Let's see if you can navigate this. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hey, give them a hand. They did fantastic. Stretch them out. Okay, you guys can be seated. You guys can be seated. Are your hands sweaty? Got some fresh calluses? Yeah. You sweaty in your suit? Now you know how I feel. Who, 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 were, who were those guys? What were their names? Oh, Jesus was not interested in our snowing their names. Well, surely, I mean, they, they carried four guys. We got to give them a plaque or something. Right? We got to give them like a strongman award or super servant award. They weren't in that for a name. They were doing that because they were friends. They were getting him there. And so here, here he is, ready? At the feet of Jesus in front of everybody. A desperate problem stopping good preaching. <laughs> They're all listening to Jesus preach. Now they got this dude in the middle of the room. You got some people in the room like, are you kidding me? You got this guy over on the phone with the roof repair. And Jesus, in front of the room, what's he say? You're what? Your sin, Brother Jordan, the Bible says when he saw whose? Brother Senior? Not his faith. <laughs> the Bible says when he saw their faith. He needs faith, but he's probably had faith. If he didn't have faith, he would have fought his way off the stretcher. It wasn't his faith that was... He, he had faith in his mind, but no strength in his body. They had strength in their body, and they had faith. And when he saw their faith, he looks at this guy. Here's where the whole room's about to get uncomfortable, Brother Jake. And he says, thy sins, they're forgiven. Scribes in the room, Brother Brown... They got so mad. Brother Marshall, they are ready to publicly call him a blasphemer. Who is this guy? They're all here for the magic show. They're all here for the preaching. Why would you drop him down here? Why would you let his sins be forgiven? Or why would you say that you can? And Jesus, knowing what they're reasoning in their hearts... Knowing what they're reasoning in their hearts, he starts talking to them. And he asks them this question. He said, is it easier for somebody to say? That's the key word, say. Everybody say it, say. Yes. Is it easier for me to say 
thy sins be forgiven or to say, rise up and walk? He said, is it easier for me to say, thy sins be forgiven or to say? He knew whatever comes out of my mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, the one thing God cannot do is lie. And so once it is spoken, how many know we live our lives based on the word of God? And he said, is it easier for me to say, thy sins be forgiven? Or is it easier for me to say, rise, take up thy bed and walk? But to give credibility to the situation. He looks at him in front of everybody and says, all right, get up. Take up thy bed. Now, now, I would love to have been in the room and watched the face of those scribes when old boy got up. (gasps) I want to be one of the people that like nudges them like, (laughs) what do you got to say now? But watch this. Pick it up. It's a little heavy. Try to pick it up. But listen, here. It's not as heavy by itself, bub, as it was for the guys who chose to carry you. For the friends who held you up there. For the friends who were willing in front of everybody to hold you up. And let me talk to you. Maybe just father or son, this is a good public moment. There's going to be times in your life where now you've got to repay. And because people were willing to carry you, you're going to come in contact with kids who don't have parents that love them. You're going to come in contact with people who don't have a good home life. And you're going to have to be one of the people. You don't get to be the hero. It won't be just you. But you've got to join around them. You've got to become part of a youth group and part of a church that will get around them. And will hold them when it's heavy. And get them to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. There's a bunch of people in this room that this is your past. Oh, maybe not physically, but spiritually, this is you. And it wouldn't make really good wall art. Sister Gail, when she helped me get this together, and I I called Brother Faulkner, I said, do you have any of these? And he said, yeah. He said, I think we have some at the church for even for emergency. And Sister Gail went and went through them. This wouldn't make good wall art, but for some of us, it'd do us a favor to have this mounted on the wall. To remember, had somebody not carried me. Had somebody not carried me, I wouldn't be here. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to give the gift of friendship. What did that great writer of Ecclesiastes say? He talked about the power of a friend. He said, it's good if those two work together. He said, if one of them falls, the other can reach and pick them up. We need each other. I'm closing. Stand with me. Wouldn't you love to to have seen him walking out the crowd carrying that thing? Like the same crowd he couldn't get through on the way to Jesus. Now all of a sudden there's room. (laughs) Let that guy out. Let that guy out. And he's carrying the bed he was carried in on. I will say this for some of us. It's time to get to the place where we're carrying out what we were carried in on. 
the excuse we were carried in on, the hurt we were carried in on, the burden that people have been carrying us around on. We need healing. We need hope. I want you to close your eyes and lift your hands if you will. The Bible talks about lifting up holy hands to the Lord. You don't have to close your eyes, but if you're maybe in a place that will help you focus, would you close your eyes with us? Would you lift your hands? Would you have an honest conversation with the Lord right now and ask Him a couple things? What's holding me back? And who am I allowing to help me? And maybe if you're in a great place right now, you, you need to ask the question, who, who am I carrying to Christ? Who am I helping get to the altar? Because ladies and gentlemen, in the front of this room right now, this altar, this area that is designated for prayer, I believe with all my heart that this is a place where people can feel the touch of Jesus Christ. I believe this is a place where minds, when he healed his, when he healed his body, it did more than just touch his legs. It changed the way he felt about himself. It changed the perception of others towards him. A testimony will do that. God, I'm praying in the next moment or two that you're going to work on somebody's heart. That they'll be honest enough to invite somebody to walk with them to the altar area. I know we got to be guarded a little bit and we're in a social, we're trying to be conscientious of social distancing. But for some of you, it'd probably be a good idea right now to look and find a friend and say, maybe we could go together to the altar. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Friends bring a new dimension of the miraculous. Friendship will help bring a new dimension of the miraculous. Look, look around you just a little bit. Just, just kind of glance around, look around. I'm going to say something before we close today, and I need everybody, I want you to hear me real clear. Ladies, there are other ladies in here right now that feel desperately alone. You think they look fine. You think they show up feeling fine. They're not fine. Don't allow intimidation to keep you from being friendly. Don't allow the, fa the fact that you've never been in the same circle to keep you from breaching that gap and making yourself friendly to someone else. Men, we need godly friendship godly fellowship one with another well I, I don't know if we would have anything in common you, you would you both go to Calvary 
You know, there are subtle tricks of the enemy to keep the body disconnected. But we need each other. And I want you to know that regardless of what stage in your relationship with God, whether you're a seasoned saint or a new, new member of Calvary, you belong here. And you fit here. And I need you to hear this as I conclude. We're not the same without you here. We're not. We're not the same without your involvement. We want you to feel welcome, but we want you to feel connected. I don't want you to have to say, I feel comfortable to go. That's the church I go to, not the church I'm a part of. We want this to be your church. Amen? Praise God.